What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network courtesy 
of your friends at the two-man power trip of wrestling. And right now, you can journey back to the heart of the Attitude Era with the first full year of Sunday Night Heat just added to the WWE Network featuring such legendary superstars as Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Kane, Ken Shamrock, and The Rock. And it's all going down at wwenetwork.com slash tmpt where you can start that one month free trial and relive the first year of sunday night heat which you could say was the best year of sunday night heat but go over there and do that right here and right now and i can't even begin to tell you how pumped i am for today's show if you didn't know by now my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner the one and only John Paz. I was going to call him maybe my outsider's partner, my NWO buddy, whatever you want to call it. We are joined today by the one and only Kevin Nash, a co-founder of the NWO. And Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool, will be joining us in Richmond on May 19th at TMPT Con 2. You can head over to our website, which is TMPTofWrestling.com, for more information on TMPT Con 2 and how you can come and join us to meet Big Sexy Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, and NWO Reunion going down on our turf for TMPT Con 2. It was such an awesome addition to the convention itself, but then to even flip the coin and add him to the Two-Man Power Trip podcast. Obviously, if you listen to our shows, you know we're huge NWO fans, and obviously Kevin Nash is just an absolute icon uh, of the wrestling industry and, and being a co-founder of the NWO and making wrestling cool again in the mid nineties, whether he was big daddy cool or whether he was big sexy, Kevin Nash was the epitome of cool in professional wrestling. And just to get to chat to him about a couple of uh, the things that we did on this episode today is, is such a joy to bring to you on the show. But we also have to kind of throw in another nugget here about TMPT con that's literally breaking Today, as we're recording this introduction, and that is joining us at TMPT Con 2 amidst the great classic names, and we'll cover all of them here at the uh, the end of this little intro, is going to be a former guest of ours from a few weeks back, somebody who's never done a wrestling convention before, and that is a former WCW champion and a Hollywood actor as David Arquette will be joining TMPT Con 2 on May 19th. It's crazy to even say it. And I can't imagine what John's been going through getting all this all signed, sealed, and delivered. But David Arquette is going to be joining us in Richmond, Virginia. It's going to be an amazing day, folks. If you're not already planning to join us, you got to make your plans right now. So you're going to hear all about Kevin Nash today. But now to throw David Arquette into the mix is unbelievable. So, John, I want to welcome you in here right now. I mean, there's so much to cover here. Kind of tackle... The, uh, the David Arquette announcement that we made earlier tonight, we were recording this on, on a Wednesday night, so we just announced it literally about an hour and a half ago. David Arquette joining us at TMPT Con 2, and kind of tell us a little bit more about what we got to look forward to today with Big Sexy, Kevin Nash. Yes, Chad, it's been a whirlwind of the uh, last couple weeks, uh, logistically pulling off Mr. David Arquette, obviously huge, huge Hollywood star doing a lot of different projects, working on a lot of different things. So you can kind of imagine when dealing with somebody who has a hectic schedule like that, it's it's hard to get everybody in place and it's hard to just you know, pull something like that off. So it did take a while. And yes, I know there's only about 10 days or so left or you're less now than when, when you're going to be hearing it to TMPTCon 2 in Richmond, 
Virginia on 519. But it just the way it worked out with everything. And boy, are we so super glad and super happy to have, have David Arquette on board because he doesn't do these kind of wrestling signings, doesn't do anything like this. This is going to be a very interesting experience, something of which you probably have never seen before at a wrestling convention because we're going to be doing something cool that day as well. So keep with the two-man power trip for all updates on that as well because that's going to be a very, very interesting experience. I can guarantee you it's going to be so cool. But David Arquette will be joining us that day along with one of our major headliners, the man that we're interviewing today, Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Now, Mr. Nash is one of the nicest, most professional, great guys I've ever had the chance to deal with, as, as, as you know, as listeners. and Chad, you know, do a lot of the booking for the show. So when you have to deal with these guys, you never know what you're going to get as far as when you these higher echelon guys. Like lately, we've been dealing with a lot of WCW champions. We did have on David Arquette. We did have on Bill Goldberg. We did have on Jeff Jarrett. Russo and and the list goes on and on. But as far as WCW champions, it's great to kind of continue on and get big sexy on. And when you're dealing with somebody that you never kind of, you're kind of like, Oh, you know, this guy's such a big star. How's he going to be? But boy, he was so cool and so accommodating. And he was just such a blast to talk to. And he's just so much fun. And it almost gets a, a bad rap or a bad reputation because people don't appreciate the fact that he's, you know, he's all business sometimes and he wants what he wants and he's you know, doing stuff for his family. And then, like he said, is his business about making friends or making money. You know, I have friends, let's make some money. So it's so cool to have on Nash. I just uh, loved being able to finally get him on because he's one of the guys, especially when I was younger in 1996, even, or when the NWO first started so obsessed with him, so obsessed with Hall, just love the NWO. They were so cool. They made Hogan cool again, you know, Hogan turning heel and joining them and, just such a good dynamic and such good chemistry. But now while I'm talking about Big Sexy Kevin Nash, I do have to talk about the WWE Network. It's WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT. And, of course, it's my weekly WWEnetwork.com recommendation. Now I have to go with Big Sexy Kevin Nash on this one. I have to go to Starcade 1998. Yes, so go to... WWE Network, go to WCW, go to pay-per-views, go to Starcade 1998, and fast forward all the way to the main event. Kevin Nash defeats Bill Goldberg for the WCW title. Underrated match. Great performance by Nash. Obviously, great performance by Goldberg. It's his first loss, but a lot of people are going to say controversially. But if I remember being a fan at that point, I marked out like crazy. I absolutely loved it. So... That is WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT. And my WWE Network recommendation is going to have to be a Starcade 1998. And I know, boy, there's so many other good ones I could have went with. Check out Bash the Beach 96. Check out Great American Bash 96. There's so many great Nash moments. I could just kind of just go on and on forever, but I won't. So just one last time, it's WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT for your one month free of the WWE Network. That's right. You know, and you mentioned a lot of great WCW action on there, but let's not forget that uh, the WWF was running on diesel power for a good, por- a good part of a year. And we talk about that a lot because Richmond, Virginia and Big Daddy Cool have a lot of history. And that is an awesome thing we get to talk about in the interview. It was actually my favorite Big Daddy Cool promo of all time took place in Richmond, Virginia. And we kind of get the backstory about it. So, John, I mean, you know, you gave us a lot of uh, WCW uh, recommendations there, but you got to show a little bit of love to Big Daddy Cool there. I mean, he, he did have that belt for a year, 
So come on, give me off the top of your head, give me one Big Daddy Cool match that you could point us in the direction of. Oh, there's there's a ton. I love uh, Survivor Series '95. I love Royal Rumble '95. Whenever him and Brett got together, it was like a, a different level. I know Brett is one of the greatest workers of all time, if not the greatest worker. But it was just a different level of Diesel than you were used to seeing at that point. It was just it was like such a cool match and such a cool dynamic. And they were always had just great. You could tell a great planned out spot when you go back and watch. Like, oh my god, like didn't expect that at all. That was a curveball. That was cool. Um, you know, Brett tying his, his shoes together on, on the on the rope and attacking his knee, Nash pushing him off, and Brett taking the bump to the table. I mean, so many cool spots and so many good matches that they had. But I just love, uh, you know, obviously there's some great Shawn Michaels matches as well. But I just love the chemistry that Diesel had with Brett and Man Hart. Absolutely, and you know, with Brett, it wasn't hard to have a good match with him, but he definitely. Brought out the best in Big Daddy Cool, and uh, those matches are some of my favorites as well of of that Big Daddy Cool era. So we want to thank Mr. Nash for coming on. It was a great chat with him, and like we've done with some of our shorter interviews, is we like to stack the rest of the show with a little bit of a tribute. So you're going to hear some comments from some people who had a lot to do with the career of Kevin Nash for the rest of this episode, and I like digging into that two-man power trip archive and seeing what I can pull out. So you're going to hear from Kevin Sullivan. You're going to hear from Bob Backlund. You're going to hear from Sean Waltman. You're going to hear from a lot of uh, Kevin Nash uh, career-crossing individuals on this show. So enjoy that. If you're a fan of of Nash or the NWO or the WWF from the New Generation era, you'll really uh, strap in. You're in for one hell of a show. But we got to bring it back to TNPT Con 2. Not only do we have all of these amazing legends coming, which I'm going to give you the full list here in a minute, but we also have a very special question and answer session with Eric Bischoff coming to a restaurant called The Backyard Grill in Richmond, Virginia, which we're starting to fill up and get to the end of our rope here with it and, and filling all the spots that we had reserved for this intimate event. So if you haven't reserved your tickets, please head to our website, tmptofwrestling.com, and the link there will take you right to the nightcap ticket sales and, and ticket link that we have. We're going to be joined by Jeff Katz of WRVA in Richmond, who is a host on daytime radio there, and he's going to be moderating the Q&A. He's got a long history in professional wrestling, so it's going to be very cool to have him maybe coming up with some questions that uh, our attendees didn't think of. But the biggie, the, the big one, the uh, the granddaddy of them all for the two-man power trip, it's TMPT Con 2 featuring today's guest Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, Mikey Whipwreck, Henry Godwin, independent wrestling star Solo Darling, The Barbarian, Tony Atlas, New Jack, Mr. Hughes, Ronnie Garvin, Shannon Moore, Dwayne Gill, a.k.a. Gilberg, Too Cold Scorpio, C.W. Anderson, and from Men on a Mission, their manager, Oscar, all joining the now-announced David Arquette. It is an absolutely amazing collection of talent that will be in one room at the Holiday Inn located at 4303 Commerce Road in Richmond, Virginia. You can get tickets at brownpapertickets.com, searching TMPTCon, or you can buy them the day of. You can walk up and buy them from our ticket desk. We're going to have it all rocking and rolling. We're going to have pictures. We're going to have photos. We're going to have action figures. We're going to have cards. We're going to have everything that you need that day, and you can literally hang out from 9 a.m., to about 3 p.m. where we're going to be dominating in the Holiday Inn. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for TMPT Con 2 to get here right now. So please, if you haven't made the plans to join us, get to Richmond, Virginia. 
get there and experience what we've got in store. It's our convention the way we want it done, and we really think you're going to enjoy this in, uh, in every way, shape, and form. We've been going to these conventions for a long time. We've been participating in them, and it's time for the two-man power trip to take uh, our necessary uh, steps forward in hosting our own show. So with all that being said and having heard everything about the WWE Network Network Free Month, John, please do what you do best. Let's hit him with some two-man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get this show on over to Big Daddy Cool, the one and only Kevin Nash. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy e Eric Bischoff, Mikey Whipwreck, Mark Canterbury, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, he is a WWE Hall of Famer, a former WWF World Heavyweight Champion, a former five-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He is Big Daddy Cool. He is Big Sexy. He is Kevin Nash. Please enjoy.
Well, joining us on the line tonight is a man who's headed to TMPT Con 2 on 519 in Richmond, Virginia. His resume reads literally like one of the greatest in the history of the wrestling business. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's a WWF World Champion, a WWF Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion, as well as a five-time WCW Heavyweight Champion and a nine-time WCW Tag Team Champion. It is our pleasure and honor to welcome in Big Daddy Cool, Big Sexy, Kevin Nash. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. What's up? Well, we're here to talk about TMPT Con 2. Uh, we are so thrilled to have you a part of our event. When we put together the list, there was one theme we wanted to have, and it, we threw up two fingers, and we had it right in mind from the second we started. And the first guy on our list was Big Sexy, Kevin Nash. So, Kevin, coming back to Richmond, pretty big in your history. How do you feel about getting back to that part of the Mid-Atlantic? You know, it's, it's funny because Richmond was a big town uh, when when I first got in, too. Also, with my first run in WCW, I think I wrestled as as Oz and as Vinny Vegas in Richmond before. That's that's a pretty big part of your history because I got two moments right in front of me that I got to say. I mean, if you think about wrestling in the '90s, two moments that you were part of both in the WWF and WCW, really uh, kind of changed the landscape for a little bit. The first one is the heel promo in 95 after the Survivor Series where uh, the Big Daddy Cool persona returned. And then the first Nitro to beat Monday Night Raw in the span of the 83 weeks happened in Richmond, right. Virginia. So that's a lot that's of history. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of history in one. But I got to tell you, and this is not blowing smoke in your direction, but your promo in 95 after the Survivor Series is my favorite promo in the history of professional wrestling. And I sold a ton of black gloves after telling him you didn't have to buy black gloves. <laughs> and it's so, it's so funny. I was definitely one to buy one. But not only that, I mean, it was like, it's one of those that you go back and you listen to so many times that you can remember it word for word. And I'm not going to do it now because I don't want to look like that much of a fanboy. And I don't want to embarrass mm -hmm. myself before we meet in, uh, in Richmond. But it was just so cool at the time because we didn't see that kind of fourth wall being broken. And you're talking about being in Titan Tower and the marketing people telling you to be a, a good guy and a smile. Doing that, was that kind of cool for you to uh, break that fourth wall and kind of bring us in the inside at that point in the business? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to do it forever. You know, like if, if you look at like when I lost to Brett, like I made sure when I said, you know, mf -er, you know, like I made sure that they got that. And then in that, that, that Royal rumble, when I went down and interfered with, with Taker and uh, Brett, I flipped, I flipped Undertaker off. I'm, I know for a fact I'm the first person that flipped somebody off on TV. <laughs> like they were both pay-per-views, but I mean, it was just like one of those things like, like there's like, you know, and then I started, I always dragged the belt, you know? So it was like one of those things like, you know, and I remember I've told the story a million times, but you know, at that time the movie Heat was was popular. And at the end, you know, I was talking to Vince, and he was, you know, and we had just we had just had the conversation like a year earlier, where we were all in the room with all the click guys, and we were talking to Vince, and you know, we said like at Hartford, wouldn't you rather have like you know, 15,000 people and 7,500 for the baby face and 7,500 for the, for the heel. Instead of just, you know, everybody, you know, like 8,000 people for the baby face. He goes, no, I just really, like, 
I wanted, you know, we're like, no, dude, you don't get it. Like, the anti-hero is the way to go. So then they, when that Heat movie came out at the end, I said, you know, I said, who are you for? And he goes, oh, De Niro. I said, he was the heel. And you could kind of see the light bulb go off. You know, Pacino was the baby face. And Pacino was, was, was chasing him down, but you wanted De, you know, De Niro to gun down the cop. And it was one of those things where I think that I just kind of resonated, like, wow, like, yeah, depending on how you tell the story, you know, so I just, you know, I just, that was the perfect time. I mean, like, you know, they, you know, I was given the promise that they were going to go with me for years, give me the backland push. And then, you know, in 11 months of just like, this isn't working and we're going to go Sean, we're going to go through Brett. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, but the thing was, I said, as long as I get to come out of it the way I want to come out of it. And, you know, I got to turn basically heel that night on Brett and on the refs. And then when we went into Richmond, it was like, all right, now it's on. So. No, it's unbelievable. And it still, it holds up. And that's great to bring up, Pete, because, yeah, that is a movie that also a lot of movies stole that formula and you love that, that kind of thing where you can root for the bad guy and you guys made being a bad guy in wrestling cool because not only are you throwing up hand signals that a generation of kids would steal and <clears throat> still steal to this day, but you know, I'm just going to use personal experience. You threw on an NWO shirt and you were 15, 16 years old. You felt like you were adapting uh, the, the, uh, the mantra, the NWO, you were for life and you felt about just as cool as anybody on TV because it was just, it was like a movement, but uh, I got to say it, uh, you know, it all spawned in Richmond that night when you guys started to take over the night after you slammed uh, Easy e through the uh, the Great American Bash mat right, the night right. before. Yeah, that was that was the uh, that was the first night we we basically became aggressive. You know, before then we were kind of you know, and then shortly after that, I think it was in Charlotte, maybe the next Monday is when we brought out the aluminum baseball bats. So it's just like, it just, it, and then that was Sullivan. Sullivan, you know, Sullivan knew that, you know, two things sell in wrestling, that's, that's sex and violence. And, you know, we didn't have, a, you know, we had the Nitro Girls, which, you know, was, was tamed compared to what, you know, the WWE did later. But as far as violence, I mean, you know, aluminum baseball bats about, is about, and that was, you know, that was a casino call. You know, to me, like, that's one of the, I mean, that's such a, 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 a mind-numbing scene and you know he beats it you know they're beating his brother with those aluminum baseball bats and they, then they take him to joe pesci but when you know, they're beating his brother and he says, you're killing him you're killing him and it's just like <laughs> i mean you can't I, I can't even imagine you know, my, my brother like watching my brother get beat with with aluminum baseball bats in front of me so i stopped but the NWO was so cool and it's awesome that we're going to be getting the chance to get Paul Nash and Bischoff together again what's it like when you know the outsiders and even easy are together is it like you know good old times living you know reliving the past of the NWO I mean it is I mean you know because but you know it's one of those things that it's almost like every time like especially the three of us because the three of us were, were kind of all there was at the beginning. It was because he was, you know, he was WCW and we were the invaders. This is before, you know, the third man was unveiled, unveiled. So basically he was, he was the foil, you know, and we were the, 
and we were the invaders. I mean, he was kind of representing WCW. And um, he, you know, he did such a good job. And it was his idea. And, you know, it was just along the way tweaked here and there. But, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, conceptually, like when he laid it out to me before I even decided to come over, um, I knew it would, I mean, I, I remembered the angle a little bit from Japan. But, I, you know, of course, you know, you, you weren't there to witness any kind of electricity. And the Japanese crowd is so different than the American crowd. But, um, you know, he just, he said, I mean, he sold me on it. I was like, you know, and, and, and once again, that thing doesn't work if, if Scott doesn't get off, you know, if his uh, contract doesn't run out six days before mine. So, I mean, you know, two of the top guys, two of the top four guys leaving within a week and showing up on the other, on the other network was you know that was was huge so i mean the stars you know the stars were definitely lined up for that thing and uh, but when we're together man it's just it's just it's almost like wow man can you believe that something we did you know especially in professional wrestling when you you feel like you've seen everything you know you, you know it's just still like this and you know it's it's still a very hot selling t-shirt you know, like they put out the satin jackets, they they sold well. So I mean, it's just like anything with NWO on it, it it sells. The thing is, is it? it yeah, you know, I think it resonates also to, you know, like the young kids come in, eight year old kids come up to us and give us the, you know, give us the the click side. So, I mean, it's one of those things like you know, like I guess when we said it was for life, I guess it is. <laughs> Very, very true, and it's great that not only does that NWO T-shirt an all-time bestseller, and it's still selling today, and you still see it all over all over the place today. It's like there's a certain vibe to the NWO. It's different. It's cool. You know, the two sweet, the four life, and you and Hall were like, you know, obviously the Hogan heel turn was huge, and you know, it was like water cooler talk. But you and Hall were the heart and soul. I mean, you guys were, you know, the, the glue, and you guys made it cool, and you made Hogan cool, which was almost unthought of at that point in time. Yeah. I think what it was too was, you know, like, um, when I met, you know, when I met Scott, like, you know, like he was more of a country Western guy than, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, I, I was born and raised in Detroit. So I was always kind of a Motown guy. And then like when, once West coast rap got really hot, especially death row, it was like, we started listening to death row a lot in the car and like, you know, there was, you know, a lot of people, it was an old Mac 10 song. And in this Mac 10 song, they robbed this McDonald's. And, uh, one dude says to the other dude in the car, he says, man, I've been wanting to do that for two years. And the other dude says, man, I've been wanting to do that for life. <laughs> and that's what we got. I mean, so we, I mean, we got like most of our, our catchphrases and, and things like that. We got from all West coast rap. So immediately, then I remember I, I put my headband on backwards like Tupac. You know, here's a 35 year old white guy putting his, his, his headband <laughs> on backwards. But you know, it, it worked. You know, I mean, it was just like because people were people were you know MTV was red hot. People were watching MTV raps and then they were watching wrestling and you know we would add we'll, we'll just go ahead just we'll we'll, we'll cross pollinate this ourselves. Like we know this is, 
this is what what what's what the hottest thing is right now. Because two years earlier than that, than that the Chronic came out. So it was actually maybe ninety three Chronic came out. Yeah, I think Chronic came out in ninety three. But I mean like that was when like when Dre and, and everybody else just kind of blew up and so yeah, it was I said, you know, we do. I mean, just every everything just kind of fell into place, and it was, you know, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that now. No way. And to think back at that point, and the end, you know, with the, right before the NWA, I was like, I don't know. The wrestling business is kind of like, yeah, you know, it's okay. I mean, this WWF is okay. WWF is okay. But then the NWO hit, and man, you guys changed wrestling forever. And then you saw millions upon millions of people watch. You ever kind of sit back and think and reflect and say? You know, you know me and you know me and Hall especially, and you could throw Hogan and the NWO in the mix, obviously. But you guys were kind of like the the trendsetters to all that, and even to Austin and and Austin versus Vince. You guys kind of set it off. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, and the thing was, is it, like I always say, you know, like we showed Vince, you know, how to build the Saturn Five, and then you know, sat, and then once we built it, he you know kicked our astronauts out of the capsule and said, "I got it from here." <laughs> you know absolutely and then obviously Austin yeah. and McMahon uh, took off but with the NWO I just you know looking back I remember like everything was so epic whether it's Sting or you know you beating Goldberg streak it's just so many things kind of happen and, and you were always kind of the mainstay and always kind of the, the, the heart and soul even of WCW at that point but looking back at, at the NWO it, would that be kind of like your, your crowning achievement would you say in, in your wrestling career? Oh yeah I mean like when people like I think if you want to look at somebody's career always look at when they sign a belt you know when a guy signs like a, a championship belt whatever he puts if he puts Hall of Fame, then that's his crowning achievement. If he puts, you know, 16-time world champion, then that's his crowning achievement. Like me, I always put Kevin Nash, NWO for life. Like, that's what I put when I sign a belt. Like, that's my, I think my legacy will be part of the NWO. Because the click was never featured, but to me, the click, you know, the click is, is, is really the crowning achievement. Because that's five guys that you know, withstood the the the, 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 the you know the, just the the time of the business, and at, at one point it was like the NWO was on one channel and DX was on the other, and it was like all five of the click, basically you know in these two factions. So yeah, and at one point, I mean, people were going to say the click. You know, ruled wrestling, and you had your people that were detractors against it. You had people that were in favor of it. But at the end of the day, I don't know many other groups of friends that had DVDs and T-shirts and all this merchandise made out of a friendship uh, at the end of the day. So it's satisfying. You guys always said you stuck together, and look what happens after uh, all these years. You end up really uh, – you get you guys, you guys get to share that platform of being the click. Right. I mean, it's just to me, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, we, we – get that status where you know I think I think at the beginning of the of the click um, DVD they talk to Sean Sean says you know a lot of people dislike this a lot of people this and that he says but you know after all these years you know they're still talking about us they're still talking about what we did so obviously a lot of the things we did were, were spot on so yeah 
Absolutely. And hey, that's going to be a huge topic at TMPT Con 2 on Saturday, May 19th in Richmond, Virginia. Of course, you can go to our website, which is tmptofwrestling.com. We've got all the information, all the ticket information there, where it's going to be Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Eric Bischoff, as well as a host of other characters that will be in attendance that day. It's going to be one hell of a day. It's going to be an event done the way we want an event to be done. And, of course, we need the NWO there because we wouldn't have it any other way because, like we said, when you're NWO, you're NWO for life. So, Kevin, yeah, for life, just like Mac 10 said at the end of it, right? Mm. (laughs) But, Kevin, before we let you go, we like to uh, hand it over to you. Please share with the listeners of the two-man power trip where they can find anything and everything going on in the world of big sexy, big daddy cool Kevin Nash. Everything I'm doing? Yeah, you got Twitter. Uh, you want to throw it out there? I, I, I'm, I'm so bad on Twitter. I mean, I'm, I'm horrible. I, I'm so lazy on social media. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> um, my Twitter is real, real Kevin Nash. And then my Instagrams, I think Nash5959. Because I was born in 59, which means I'm about to have a birthday. <laughs> and I will be 59. Ouch. <laughs> hey, just like a fine wine, Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool, gets better with age. So we look forward to seeing you on May 19th, Kevin. Thanks, my man. With the hitman, Red Arm, temporarily out of action. Big Daddy Cool, the ranked number one contender. The bell rings and Diesel, the seven-foot monster, seizes the opportunity. What a book to the midsection. And then from there, Bob Backlund, jackknife to the canvas. Diesel, the cover. And in a record-setting eight seconds, Diesel becomes the new World Wrestling Federation champion. The celebration was on as Big Daddy Cool became the leader of the new World Wrestling Federation generation. No, I, I agree. I agree. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, almost. Uh, sometimes they say a piece of cake getting in the ring with him. He's, uh, he's, he's a great performer, great timing, and uh, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a wonder, uh, you know, working with him. And that, again, I was uh, uh, the thing there. Uh, was I was going to keep the belt for about a year, and then I was going to drop it to uh, um, um, to back to to uh, um, Bret Hart. Also, oh, the original plan, you know, obviously. That's what I was told. I was going to keep it for a year and then drop it back to Bret, and I was really happy to do that. For him, uh, you know, dropping it to me, I, I was looking forward to dropping it back to him. So then basically, all of a sudden, you know, obviously you win the title. That match just was great. Great wrestling clinic between you guys. You know, the controversy of throwing the towel in, which is so ironic because, you know, 10 or so years earlier, the yep. towel gets thrown in by Arnold Skolin. Did you find that like a cool little tie-in as far as uh, the storyline went with Vince, you know, tying in the towel being thrown in? Oh, I didn't, I didn't have any problem with that. No, <laughs> that's, you know, no, it was not cool, at all. Cool little irony for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, basically a month later or so, you know, you're losing to Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash. Three days later. MSG. Three, well, three no, days, later. days later. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a few days later. You're right. I'm sorry. It was, it was November, yes. Was and then, month? you know, and I was told, and I don't know, I was told that, uh, you know, Macho Man Savage just left the business. And they wanted to uh, try to help Diesel get over by him taking the title from me, um, you know, and, not, and that they needed that to happen. And I did that for him, yeah. 
a few days later at MSG. Were you shocked, you know, that it was such like a quick, short match and that, boom, you know, they're trying to get him over so big? I didn't mind. You know, I understand about short matches, uh, um, you know, and I, I just, you know, I and I understand that, you know, you like he, uh, I was told that I was going to keep it for a year and uh, then drop it back to Brett. Uh, this happened and it's a crisis. I, uh, I went along with that. I even, uh, you know, when he did his hold to me, I, I, I crawled back to the dressing room. From the ring to the dressing room, I crawled all the way back because I wanted uh, that hold to be over. Yeah, you know, uh, Kevin Nash. I believe he says that he he was he loved, you know, how much did you really really put him over and put over the power bomb? Yeah, well, that's what my job was to do. That's the only job I had. But I and I didn't, you know, and and I was trained. I you didn't uh, you, you 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 did what was you know going to help the match. You didn't think about. Okay, what was this about, or what was that about, or you didn't get made. You went in the ring, no matter what was going on behind the scenes and all that, and you did what you could to develop a match. And that's the only thing that I could do because it was only one move, you know. So, I, but I, I wanted to make him as strong as he could with his hold, and uh, and I thought that's the best way I could do it. The NWO single-handedly created the Monday Night Wars. <laughs> which you can relive on the WWE Network for $9.99. You're welcome, Hunter. <laughs> you know, we invaded WCW, and that caused Vince to pick up his game, which created Stone Cold Steve Austin. Personal friend of mine, I know you're out there somewhere, see? DX. Also buddies of mine. And the entire Attitude Era. I mean, people say we got egos. But you have to say one thing about the NWO is we're probably responsible for everything great that has ever been created. Well, just in general, when any of us are at work, well, I mean, it's hard to call it work, but it is, I mean, you know, it's our profession. But when we're, when we're there, that's when we're, we're really at our best, you know? And then when you add that, like, when we're all together, it's a synergistic effect, you know? So it's just, um, it, it's, it's special for us, and, and it seems to be special for the people because they keep coming to see us, you know? And it's, it's really, really fun. Really fun. Don't mean to sound corny, man. Like you know, but that's that's the truth. <laughs> well, if there's one thing the NWO has done, especially to fans like John and I, it made us feel cool uh, at a time where wrestling was in desperate need of a makeover. But when we throw in that extra cog into this situation of Easy E, Eric Bischoff, the guy who really was the architect behind the scenes of WCW at that point. That kind of, I think, steps it up, makes it just a little bit more interesting because now you got the guy who was behind the, you know, the, the surge of the Monday Night War and then basically three of his top lieutenants who just carried that at Monday Night War and that NWO banner you know, to the highest extent it possibly could go. Eric is one of my favorite people to see when I'm out doing things now. When I'm out on the road and uh, you know, at events, uh, whether it be at the at the Hall of Fame ceremony at WrestleMania uh, this year, or just you know Comic Cons, or 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 you know 
at, at the show we're doing this weekend, Icons in Wrestling. Because, uh, uh, you know, people that are coming to see us obviously know the history we have. Uh, and uh, we weren't each other's favorite people at one time. And uh, now, man, he's like legit a freaking blast to be. He's just a, a really cool guy. A really cool guy. And he said, good about the guy. I, I hope I'm not ruining his gimmick. <laughs> he said the exact same thing about you, though. So it's the Mutual Admiration Society getting together here. You two are definitely uh, back on the same page, uh, which is well, really. What, should, we, what, should, we, should we pretend like we still have heat? Will that make it better for the people? Or they'll like be some more intrigue? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe to some, but no, it's so cool to hear that because he says such sure, great things about you. But, you know, with him being in, in the mix, the three of you, a place that I think it's kind of funny that you're all kind of getting involved in here is the ECW Arena in Philly. And I think a lot of fans would have been clamoring for an NWO invasion of this same arena, but 20 years ago. You think that's kind of cool, the three of you getting together, but in a city like Philadelphia? Well, you know, Philly is one of the uh, one of the capitals of uh, professional wrestling in the world. You know, I mean, there's a, it's actually might, I don't know, arguably might be the capital. You know, I, I guarantee you the people of Philly will say that. And, uh, and you know, it's a, I'll tell you this much. You know where you stand with those people. If you're not bringing it, if you're not all in and bringing everything you got, they'll, they're going to let you know. And they should. You know, uh, and so, uh, you know, we like being around, We're like, I like performing and, and, uh, being around people like that, you know, that. So, um, I don't know. We, back then, um, when, uh, you know, when the whole ECW thing was going on, I don't know what, what the hell we were. <laughs> I think we were in DX by then, actually. Weren't we? Well, yes, yeah, definitely in DX by then. But I mean, ECW was running down WCW forever, and obviously, the big thing that came out of ECW was the BWO, which included a parodied version of Six. So it was really, uh, I don't know, it's kind of the heyday of both, really, at at one point. And the thing is, is some people were like, "Oh, what do you think of that?" Uh, doing their impression of you, and like, how do you guys feel about that? Are you kidding me? We love that. Anytime somebody is going out of their way to impersonate you, even if it's set, you know, like uh, they're making fun of you, whatever it is, man, there's, it's, to me, that's cool. Guys, welcome back to week two of PCS. We'll be using the pogo stick. I've got renowned fitness expert, Ed DeVorski. Yeah. Oh, right back. All right. You can do it. You can do it. Look at that ass while he bounces. Wonderfully done. Nice job. Wow. Looks like you're up first. All right, looks like you're pretty much happy with that one point. Someone give me a beverage. I'm a little parched. Yeah, While we're young. Jay Lethal. <laughs> Time out. I told you no mulligans. What's a mulligan? You know, like blackjack mulligan? All right, Matt, come on. You're in last place. Let's go. Right. Last yeah, place. come on, Mr. Chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be an inspirational story if somebody with chlamydia won this event, huh? Oh, a final competitor from the island of Anabolic, hey. Sanjay Dunn. Hey, <laughs> Kevin, he's got negative. Look at the springs in them. He's doubling up, Guys, right? Yeah. There's none of that. Hey, right there. Authorized by Bob Backlund. See? You're the winner. 
<laughs> Thanks, buddy. Nicely done, Gashead. Here I go again. Listen, See you guys. I'm not even proving it. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Artificial as it may be. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, he looks like in stirrups. Did you really love doing that? Because that was so fun. I loved it. back at it. Oh, my God. It was great. I loved it. It was, uh, I, I think the best part about it was that, uh, you know, they, they stuck a camera in front of us and they said, okay, you know, do your thing. There was uh, no script. There was, um, there's nobody sitting there to think of funny lines. It was just us uh, putting putting a camera in front of us and saying, all right, let loose, guys, and, and, and see what we come up with. And um, I always say that they need to they need to release the uh, never-before-seen uh, footage on DVD because there's endless hours that never made it to television. What was your favorite part of that? Like, what's your favorite thing? Is it joking around with Nash? Is it kind of just, you know, kind of making fun of Nash a little bit? Yeah, I think it was the, the whole the whole thing, and um, and you know, for for a good amount of weeks, you know, that's all we did. <laughs> we just we never wrestled. We had no matches on television. We just uh, every week at TV, it was uh, all right. You guys got to stay after the tapings and and goof off with Kevin Nash for a couple hours. So um, you can't go wrong with that. Where is it? The big surprise. I mean, I heard a lot of talk. But where's the walk? I'm here. Where is it? You've been sitting out here for six months running your mouth. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. We ain't here to play. Now he said last week, that he was going to bring somebody out here. I'm here. You still don't have your three people. And you know why? Because nobody wants to face us. This show's about as interesting as Marge Schott reading excerpts from Mein Kampf. Where's your three guys? You what, you couldn't get a paleontologist to get a couple of these fossils cleared? You ain't got enough guys off a dialysis machine to get a team? The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. It was a couple of night shows before. And you can look it up. Where he comes out is in Chicago. He's got a black bandana on. That's funny because he went to court in a black bandana. But he has a black bandana on. He's all dressed in black. And the whole building is booing him. Now, they started to boo him all over. But this was Chicago where he was really over, and they really were booing him. And Mean Gene saved it. And he, he said, you can hear the solemnness from the fans tonight going woo while they're going boo. And he came back, and we went in the room, and I said, do you get it now? Do you believe me now? This hmm. has been going on for months, and you haven't listened to it because you didn't want to listen to it. And the night before he turned, I mean, people were calling him. You know, cell phones were in, and they would call him. I took a cell phone from I had a three-bedroom house. His agent was with me. I put a hunk in one bedroom. I made the agent sleep on the couch. I wouldn't give him three bedrooms, you know what I mean? Also, because I didn't want him talking out, you know what I mean? So uh, that's how that happened. 
And do you think that the NWO would have worked with any other guy but Hulk turning heel as a leader? Because I feel like, they, you know, there's always rumors like, oh, Sting could have been the guy, but I don't think it would have no. worked as well if no. it wasn't the impact of Hogan. It had to be a WWF guy because that's what the whole angle was. People believed that WWF was coming in on us. And he was the biggest thing WWF had had. And it just worked perfectly. And those guys, Hall Nash, worked terrific with him because they were so cool and hip. They could have blown by Hulk, but they said, oh, we're going to do business with them. So, I mean, there was some tension before when the Hulk was a baby face, but when he turned heel, those guys did the right thing and did business. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, the, when you think about the NWO and the impact they had in the business, it was just crazy because basically the business uh, down point, Hogan turned to heel, the NWO set it off, and boom, wrestling took off again, basically because of Hogan turning heel, that angle, Hall and Nash was like that perfect mix, and then you throw the Crow Sting in there as the perfect, you know, foil for Hogan. Do you think that those vignettes that they did, you know, was that just so perfect? You know, they're black, the black and white, white so ones? different. Yep. The black one was absolutely, absolutely. And that was all a management thing. And they could have buried Hogan on that, that because I was there uh, watching it being produced. And there was a lot of times they had to redo them to make Hulk look cooler. Hmm. So National Hall really helped him. Yeah. Which is great because, you know, Hulk kind of makes the whole thing blow up and become so popular. But what, right. was your, what was your kind of idea with the NWO? Because so many people were saying, oh, they, they don't lose. They haven't lost in a while. They, they're killing the roster. But they really weren't. It kind of made you want to watch more and more to see Hogan get his comeuppance, to see Hall and Nash get beat up. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of the philosophy? Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a booker that believes in... There's knights and there's dragons. And you can't be a knight if you're slaying salamanders. You gotta kill the fire breathing dragon. And you gotta get heat. And someone has to be sacrificed. So you gotta get it so hot where the people watching it say, God damn, they won again. And when it was time, Nash and Hall and, and Kid and Hogan went to Charlotte against the uh, four horsemen. They all laid down in the middle of the ring and got beat by the guy's finishes. They did the right thing. It was that I didn't want them to lose until it was time. And with them winning, how do you say, oh, let's beat them. One time, Eric said, let's beat one of them. And I said, come here, we're going to walk out here. And it was in Des Moines. I said, this is Des Moines, Iowa, and there's over half a million dollars in this house. I don't think anybody needs to be beat tonight, <laughs> especially hmm. the NWO. You know what I mean? People were just coming in, and they were the first anti-heroes along with Austin, you know? So it was a completely different attitude. Craig, are you going to send a cameraman back there or not? Get out of there, Jimmy! 
He said we need help. Where are they going? Come on, they're going. They're going. Luger. Luger. Stick. Wait a minute. We go to the back. Arn Anderson down. There they are. They got baseball bat. The coward jerk. That's Marcus Bagwell. All the, all, everybody's left the ring here, and there's Rey Mysterio. Hey, he dove off. That's Rey Mysterio. There's the cruiserweight champion, Rey Mysterio. Oh, no. Hey, head first into the trailer in the back. He threw him like he was a dart. Arn Anderson, the first man we saw down. All six wrestlers have left the ring. This match is going to be a double countout. What match? The Macho hey, Man. He's on the... The Macho Man is on the limousine. Trying to get in the sunroom. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think the tension was is that we all were really unsure. Now, I say we all. I'm talking about the announce crew, me, Heenan, and Dusty. We all were really still unsure as to what was going to happen. I think we all had thought that uh, maybe Bret Hart uh, would be the, the, the guy. I had thought that maybe Sting, in my own mind, uh, that Sting would be part of the uh, – the third man, so to speak, and that was, you know, the hostile takeover that night. Uh, there had there had been a part of me, and it, it, uh, when I watched the show over again, I remembered it vividly again when uh, they had that tag match where Kevin Sullivan wrestled uh, with the Giant as his partner against Arn and Benoit, that when uh, the Giant ran to the back uh, chasing uh, – I thought the Giant was going to be the third man. So the, the tension was, I think, who is really going to be this guy? We all thought, could it be Hogan? And I'm thinking, no, nah, there's no way Hogan's going to do this and turn his back on you know, what, it, what he has become and what he has cultivated all the years. So I thought there was some, some very uh, real tension in the back. But after it was over, I mean, we were all like, because it worked so well and Hogan did, did such a great job, and the visual of the trash being thrown in the in the ring, and Hogan saying what he said, and you know, crapping on Vince McMahon and all the fans, and he made you know everybody up north all this money, and you know the heck with the fans, and and it was so perfect when he said the fans are like this trash at my feet, and that was an <laughs> ad lib line that he just came out with when he saw the trash coming, and it all just worked so well. So when it was over, we all went in the back, and I can tell you, we were high-fiving, and we were hugging back then because we all thought we had hit a home run. Oof. Boy, did you ever hit a home run. You know, the fans throwing the trash yeah. in the ring, I mean, that, that just shows you true heat and that they were yeah. truly hated him and they truly hated the NWO. Did you realize at that point, you know, what you had on your hands with the NWO? Because the hottest thing – possibly ever in the history of the wrestling business, a legit turned the wrestling business around and legit was something that Vince copied over and over and over again. Even the, you know, the Austin Vince storyline is somewhat of a copy of the NWO. Right. I, I don't, that night, I don't think we knew exactly where this would go. Uh, you know, Hogan said during the interview, uh, he said, this is the new world order of wrestling. And then he went on to say a couple of times, the new world organization, so I think it was kind of like uh, a fluid situation. I didn't know where they would go with this, but I knew that, okay, one of the reasons that we had so much interest was that, you know, that 
uh, Scott Hall shows up, Kevin Nash shows up, now Hulk Hogan is a part of them, and you kept tuning in every week to see who would show up next, and it really looked like a battle between two companies. Uh, and, you know, I, I hindsight being what it is, and armchair quarterbacking being what it is, I think they could have done a lot better with it. But at that time, uh, I think we all thought it was something special. Where it would go from there, we didn't know. Uh, listen, wrestling changed, especially in WCW, it changed from uh, week to week and day to day. Uh, so uh, as far as a direction of what we were going to do after that, I, I don't know if we had one or not. You just kind of go with the moment, you know. Oh, yeah. And beating the WWF for basically two straight years and then kind of off and on for a bit, you know, fighting it off is pretty crazy yeah. when you think about it because Vince's grandfather – you know, was was a huge promoter. His father's a huge promoter. All of a sudden, you know, he's this huge promoter, and somebody knocks him off the perch in WCW, and Eric Bischoff, obviously, you know, with the NWO leading the pack, knocked him off the perch. Were you guys shocked at, at all? Like, wow, you know, we're actually, you know, we're not only beating them, we're throttling them at this point. Well, personally, I didn't. Uh, personally, I never worried about that. I, I really didn't. I never... Eric always was very uh, competitive, and he always wanted to beat the WWF. To me, I always just wanted to have a good show and make money. And I thought that money could be made with both. And look, everybody was doing well. When competition is there, everybody's doing well. And that's why people say one of the reasons, I guess, the WWE is not what it used to be, where they don't have the competition that they used to have. Uh, But I... Was I surprised that we were doing that well beating Vince? You know, Johnny, it didn't – I didn't think about that. I, I really didn't. I didn't go out – I did not go out there to Nitro every night or Thunder saying, we're going to kick Vince McMahon's ass. That did not really bother me one way or the other. I went out there saying, let's have a great show, let's make money, and let's leave the fans wanting more. If that meant we kicked Vince McMahon's ass, then okay, good. Uh, but that was never my uh, my main reason for going out there and doing what I did. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.